You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America and become a successful resident or fellow in the speciality of your dreams. Dr. Alonso Osorio is board certified and residency trained in both emergency and family medicine and will be bringing you 20 years of his personal experiences, struggles and motivation. We'll be chatting with people like you to talk about the lessons they've learned along their personal path, how to make an impact and how we can all benefit from it. Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Podcast. Today, your host, Dr. Alonso Osorio with OsorioMD.com and the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Podcast, both together in one platform just for you guys. And excited, excited to be here. We have episode number 46, and I know that you guys are going to love it, specifically for my Hispanic and English-speaking listeners. This is going to be fantastic, but I also want to make every single foreign medical graduate be aware of Dr. Christian Feria. Dr. Christian Feria has been doing a fantastic job and working really hard with uh, foreign medical graduates, specifically from Spanish-speaking countries, making them succeed at taking USMLEs and passing this, the test. So I invited Dr. Feria because he's extremely popular on the internet, specifically on his uh, webpage and in his Facebook group. He has been working for the last year or two on, on this process, and he has been extremely, extremely followed by lots, lots of people specifically from our country. So he is a fellow Colombian, and I'm extremely proud to introduce this Caleño. He's from Cali, Colombia. And uh, he has been now in the U.S. for about two or three years, and now he's based out of uh, El Paso, Texas. So having said that, Dr. Feria, welcome to the show. We're extremely delighted to have you here. And just tell us more about yourself. What is life like in another time zone across the country and you know just excited to have you here thank you for your time by the way oh thank you for your invitation dr osorio and i am so glad to be here with you and thank you for inviting me in in this program this excellent program and i am christian feria i am a colombian doctor graduated in 2011 from universidad libre that's a university from cali colombia and i uh, took a degree as a physician and surgeon in that school and after that I went to I got a training in Colombia in the Universidad del Valle this is another university from Cali Colombia and I got a training as an intensive care doctor and I used to work in intensive care units for many years until I decided to come here to USA that's my experience as a doctor in Colombia Dr. Osorio it's fantastic. And I know that you have to be extremely motivated to suddenly leave the country and come into America with your family. And we've been yes, right, uh. with your whole family. And I really, so let me put it this way. So I'm searching the web and I came across your name, Dr. Christian Feria, and your fantastic job that you're doing with Doctor in, in USA. 
And I know that you have updated and worked quite a bit on your website and, you know, in your logo and people are claiming you, they're following you. We have a private group of USMLE Colombia that people are really, really interested in getting to know exactly what you do. And, and the question goes like this. I know that you've been successful at passing a step one, a step two CK, a step two CS, and you're pretty much ready, ready, ready to submit yourself through the interviewing process. But now you've been dedicated at training people like you and I that were slightly weak on the English part, but wanted to be able to succeed on a step one. So the question is like this. How do you come up with the idea of training applicants for the ECFMG certification, specifically step one? Where, where do you come up with this fantastic, fantastic idea? That is a good question, Dr. Osorio, because um, that idea come up when, uh, with all my experience with my, my first test with my step one. Because when I took my step one, I need to spend like two years to pass the step one. And that's a, a long time for the me, for the mostly of the people that is taking the step one. So uh, what I saw when I took my step one is that I, I spent those two years, but the first year was really, really frustrating. When I spent my first year, I took the self-assessment and I saw that my score was terrible. I more, more or less got a score in 160. That is a terrible score in a self-assessment. So my wife, she's a PhD in pedagogy, and she decided to change all the way that I was studying. And the first thing that she told me was that I need to change the way in, in the foundation of the knowledge. And she told me that I need to make the foundation of the knowledge in Spanish. So I started to study or to take my notes in Spanish and was amazing result because what I saw that's that why my score started to increase every every week. So after that I start to share that opinion or that uh, point with another doctors and then other doctors starting to get a better result. And at that point of my study for the step one I, the idea come up and I started with all this project. Obviously, uh, now it became a for-profit type of business, and I know that people can get a hold of you via WhatsApp and through your website, and many people are really showing their experiences, their feedback, and how motivated they have been so far with everything that they, you have done for them. So your personal experience of having had work in Colombia, probably teaching medical students, teaching other residents, help you to teach other people like the way you do it now, 100% online, correct? Yes, that helped me a lot, Dr. Osorio, because the first thing that I noticed was when I went to the medical school because I have like a different way to improve the foundation in my brain from the knowledge of medicine. And what I noticed that was the another classmates, another doctors was in some difficult. I was in the same difficult, but when I tried to explain to them about that topic, I noticed that my knowledge increased a little bit. So I guess that the teaching is innate in me, is, is a part of, of my person, is part of me. And I enjoy it. It's my patient. Try to teach a, a, another one. Awesome. I know that your whole platform is targeted to teach Spanish speakers. 
why you chose to help other people like you? What was the, the real thought? You said that you noticed that you were studying in English and you were going nowhere. And suddenly when you started learning the knowledge in, in Spanish, you started having better scores. And, and here is what I want you to help me understand, Christian. I had a significant amount of difficulty at the very beginning for the first year studying for the USMLE. And I'm going to tell you how I did it. I locked myself every night from Monday through Thursday from 6 p.m. to, I think they closed this, the, the, the library around one o'clock in the morning or so. So I would go as far as I could and study books in English. But it was really hard for my brain to read in English. And I realized that suddenly my knowledge in Spanish of basic sciences, specifically step one, was really poor because in Colombia, they did not really teach me much about basic sciences. And I realized that I had to start learning all over again. So I decided to take a whole different approach. I said, I'm going to open the pharmacology book. I'm going to open the biochemistry book. I'm going to open the physiology book. And I read every single, I remember the brand was NHS, National Health, whatever. And I read all these books. It took me about six months to go through all these books. And sometimes I was making notes in Spanish. And slowly but surely, I started learning more and more and more and more. Writing, reading, and my head stopped hurting when I was reading in English. And eventually I got it. So tell me, when you see people really struggling during this process, shall I study in Spanish? Shall I study in English? What, what do you tell them when, when they call you? Hey, Peter or Juanita. This is the way we do it, and this is the way we should do it. Okay, my advice to every student or every doctor that approaches to me for any advice is, first of all, try to be clear in your mind. Because if you have many problems in your mind, the situation is going to be worse. And the second point, what I try to tell every doctor is, the day that you are going to take the test, you are going to be in front of a computer. Is not going to be in front of a doctor. So you don't need to share how is your English. You don't need to share uh, how perfectly is your English. What you need to do is to be accurate in the answer that you are going to pick. So my advice is try to create a really good foundation in your native language because your brain is really smart and your brain is going to to find the correct way to apply that knowledge, it doesn't matter the language. But you, your knowledge, that is your conscience part, you need to create it in the native language because the brain connection is going to be better. And there are many studies about that. All the time, when we read in our native language, then the foundation is going to be faster and easiest. And that's my advice. And I know that some doctors probably don't believe in that way. But when they are able to see the results, when they are able to see the improvement in the scores, they start to believe in that. That's, that's why you're here, because I find it so fascinating that I wanted to hear specifically from you on this approach. In my personal case, I'm going to tell you, I can tell you my brain is categorized in two memory banks. One is the memory bank of the Colombian learning process. What I learned in Colombia is a story in the back of my brain in Spanish. Then I have this process in which I started reading in English, but I was thinking Spanish and some process was kind of mixed. 
And then whenever I got confident with the English, later on, five years into being in the United States, I started learning in English and everything is stored in English. So whatever I learn in Spanish, I have to really translate into English to produce my thought process in English. And whatever I learned in English, it just comes out in English, but it's really weird. Like I can tell that I'm talking falla cardiaca congestiva, and then I'm talking congestive heart failure. And and whatever I learned after that about ACE inhibitors and, you and ARB. In, yeah, you need to think in two different ways. And there is more job for your brain. At, at this time, you need to be a fast and easiest process as you can as possible. And I know that you need to train English. It is definitely a part of the test. But you need to train the comprehension. You don't need to train the speaking. Uh, so the way that you are able to train the comprehension for the for the step one and step two CK is doing Q banks every day. That's my advice to the doctors. Okay, create a foundation in Spanish with my course, because if you create a really good foundation, you are able to pick the correct answer. But train every day Q banks, because if you don't train Q banks, you are not able to apply the the knowledge and you are not able to train the questions. That's my, my advice every day. I have a friend of mine, Dr. Jose Antonio Cala. Hopefully he's listening to this episode. He lives in, in um, New Jersey. He trained in Rochester, uh, New York. And he was a couple years behind me and his English was really good. He, by the way, his father, professor of mine, he's a fantastic uh, transplant surgeon in Colombia. Specifically, he's specializing in uh, liver transplantation. Anyway, having said that, his wife, Graduated with major honors in Colombia, like summa cum laude from our medical school. And when she came to America, when, so they got married, she came to America and she did not speak a drop of English. But she became a beast, a machine. She learned everything in Spanish and started taking thousands of Cuban questions. And Christian, this doctor had 99 percentile on step one, step two, and step three. She was a machine. And I think that's what we want. At this point in time, unfortunately, still in America, to make it into residency, you have to have a, a good step one and step two. For now, fail or pass, whatever, you want to have a good score. I think the goal is to obtain the highest possible score so you don't even come up short or potentially fail the test. So let's concentrate on, on Dr. Feria's advice. I think it's awesome just to learn the way and learn how to play the game because initially we're learning just to pass the test and then we can worry about the communication yeah. and the speaking part, right? Right, right. And the, and the another part, Dr. Osorio, is the mostly weight of your interview in your residency is going to be a step one step to CK. So be focused to get a really score in those tests. Awesome. Well, I know that you are married and you have two kids, two girls, right? Three girls. Three girls. Oh my God, he's yes, super busy. Yes, that's a syndicate. It's a syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> Un sindicato, we say in Colombia. Three women in the household. I know you're really busy. You're a busy father. You're a doctor. You're a physician, and you, you have been successful. So, how much of your personal time are you investing on this process? I know that you have dedicated so much at making flyers, promoting online, redesigning your website. Who's helping you with all this? 
Oh, doctor, I am patient for this, and I can say that I have 24 hours available for this project every day, every week, every month for the last two years. And it's my patient to teach another one, and it's my patient to help and support the another ones. I know that they're outside, there are many doctors frustrated for, for this uh, project to be doctor in USA. And this business is growing. I can see that it's growing uh, and it's growing at a velocity that is really fast. And I'm trying to, to get some support for another teams like uh, edition and videos and all this thing. And I want to share with all of you that probably in the next year there are going to be a new product from Doctor in USA. But I spent all my day in this project. All my day I is suspending this project and, and I guess that I trying to give the best of me to everyone. Wow. I know that you don't talk much about pricing or cost. Obviously, if you're spending so much time, it is precious time and, and to support yourself and support your family, obviously, you know, you well deserve it because you're not only helping yourself but investing a lot of time. If you can talk about pricing, uh how much are you charging? How does it work? Is a subscription program? Do you have teaching groups? How, how it works? Okay, doctor. Sorry. Right now we are work, working as a complete course. It's a eight months course, and we are charging for the complete course three thousand eight hundred dollar for each one. But we are here to support the doctors, and we know that every doctor has a different situation. And we try to offer some discount uh, to the doctor. Sometimes we are able to give discount uh, until $1,000 for each course. And so uh, depends of the doctor, depends of the time of the course, we are able to give a different price. But the current price of the course is $3,800. That for, 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 for eight months is, is just an investment that is worth making. Yes, yes. And we are working... And I want to share with all of you, we are working in our own book. It's a complete guide. It's going to be in Spanish and English to pass the step one. And as I said before, if we are able to make a really good foundation, it doesn't matter if that foundation is in Spanish, we are going to get a really good success. And we are working many projects inside of the project of Doctor in USA. What has been the feedback of the people that have been successful thus far? That's a, it's a difficult sometimes. I, we have many feedback inside of the, of the course, but not all of them want to be published in the, in, the, in the page because they say that they want to be published when they already have able to pass all the steps because sometimes they want to be under the table. Yes. They don't want that. All the people know that they are passing the test, but we have many, many doctors that are already successful with the with the course and for now you, we we just have like a two or three that are able to publish the, the success wow how many countries and how uh, that speak spanish have you been able to reach thus far other than colombia oh we have many doctors from venezuela chile from uh, the center part of the america in Mexico, we have doctors for Spain, we have doctors for Argentina, we have doctors all around the world. Wow. But obviously, all of them speak Spanish as a native language. I know that uh, you're in a different time zone. 
let's say that um, in Colombia right now, I think it's about 9 p.m., right? And it's about two hours uh, behind me. So you obviously have to play with the time zone of the people that you, you're teaching. How long are the, the teaching lessons? How are they structured? And how do you schedule it? Is it individual sessions or group sessions? We have group sessions. We are offering right now two different sections. One section in the morning for those doctors that are able to uh, study the whole day. And we have some sections uh, or, or through the week. We have everyday sections in the night for all those doctors that uh, they are starting a job or they are working so hard every day. So they have just the free time during the night. And for that reason, we are offering two sections in the morning and in the night. I've seen your videos. I've seen your videos when you sometimes offer yourself to kind of broadcast what you are doing and you're kind of doing live teaching and you gave us a little hint and a little taste of your job. And I kind of stopped during my day and listened for five to 10 minutes and I'm like, wow, I wish I came up with this idea 20 years ago. <laughs> so you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. This is all about the American dream. Yes, it's all about the American dream. How much involvement has your wife or than being part of the syndicate <laughs> in, this, in this project? No, the, the syndicate is completely involved in this project because, you know, my wife, is, she's a PhD in pedagogy and she designed all the curriculum for this course, the complete curriculum, the methodology, and every part that I give it, I have the knowledge, but all the curriculum was made for my wife and she made every class and I, I, I say to my wife, you are able to take the step one and you are ready to pass the, the, the step one because she knows every part of this test because she designed all the curriculum. So I'm, I'm looking behind you and guys, I can see his, his office and he has all the diplomas from Colombia. So I had to formally <laughs> say about his education, Dr. Christian Feria went to Universidad Libre de Cali and uh, he proceeded to do a training in intensive care. We call it a fellowship here in the United States. And he worked in three or four different hospitals before coming into the United States in 2016. Obviously, you might consider to go into intensive care if you make it into a residency program in the United States, or what are your thoughts? Unless you became a millionaire with doctor in the U.S. and you forget <laughs> about residency training and, medica and, and your personal education in the, in, in the U.S., right? I don't know. I'm just joking. No, no. My, my passion is uh, intensive care. Oh, and of course, I want to go into a residency and after that probably make a fellowship in intensive care. But I was able to notice that mostly of the intensive care doctors here, they are pneumologists or pulmonologists. Yes. Probably uh, I need to make that fellowship. And obviously, I want to be an intensive care doctor here in USA. That's my dream. That's my American dream. Yeah, it would be internal medicine three years and three years of fellowship in pulmonary critical care medicine. You can decide to be a plain pulmonologist or actually training pulmonary critical care and present the boards for critical care in the United States. And you can do a sleep medicine if you want to. So yes. I have a friend of mine that is, has four boards, internal medicine, pulmonary medicine, critical care medicine, and a sleep medicine. So you All of them at the same time? All of those. Oh. He's amazing. His name is Dr. Subramanian. He's a foreign medical graduate like you and I. Well, I'm going to tell you that I feel proud of you. Extremely, oh, extremely, you, extremely proud of you. Well, 
tell can you tell our listeners how can we get a hold of you what phone number do we need to dial what email do we need to type how do we get a hold of you dr ferias and doctor in usa of course uh, all of you are able to find us through the facebook page as a doctor in usa and we say in spanish doctor in usa and the same name we are able to or you are able to find us in instagram telegram youtube and the phone number is plus one nine one five two zero two twenty one eight zero and you are able to reach us through the whatsapp or through a call it doesn't matter we are able to attend your call or your message at any time so we're going to be leaving this information on the show notes. And so just read down below, open whatever platform that you use to listen to your podcast and the information is going to be there. Well, and one more question, Dr. Ferias, before I let you go. Thank you so far for, for having dedicated so much time with us. And there is a controversy and everybody's kind of freaking out. And I bet you get to answer this question many times during the week. Dr. Ferias, how do you feel about the step one being a pass-fail score? Do you think that I need to still study hard? What do you think is going to happen? A really, really good question, Dr. Osorio, because there are many controversies between the Latin American doctors and the doctors around the world that want to take the step one. And my advice is really simple. Don't take care about that. Why? Because... It doesn't matter if the step one is going to be parse or fail. Why? When you need to take the step two CK, the step two CK is going to reflect your real step one. Because at the end, the step two CK is the same thing than step one. It's the same. And I think that the hospital, the board, they are really smart. And they say, okay, the step one is going to be pass or fail. But the step two CK is going to be in a numeric score. And they say, okay, I see the numeric score of the step two CK. Depends on the score of the step two CK, I'm able to know how was the step one. So my advice is keep going. Try to do a good job with the step one. It doesn't matter if the step one is going to be a pass or fail, because when you are going to take your step two CK, you will be evaluate the same things that you already studied for the step one. Wow, that was gold. I, I asked these questions to many people and I think you have been the one that has answered it in the greatest way. And wow, it gave me goosebumps. That, that's so true, man. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Do you remember your step to CK? Many questions come out with the step two CK that you already talked in the step one. Oh, and yeah, say, absolutely. Probably if I study in the step one better for that question, probably my time that I need to spend right now will be less. Yes. And at the end, you need to study everything. Well, back in my day, it was a step one, a step two, clinical skills assessment that was a test by itself, and a step three. Now they put it together. And it's a step two CS and CK, which are two different tests, but just kind of step two-ish. But the CSA is right there. And, you know, they tweak a few things here and there. But, well, it, this has been amazing. Any final advice for any FMG or IMG or any Colombian or Spanish-speaking uh, doctor out there across the world? 
Oh, my advice, Dr. Osorio, is uh, try to keep going in this pathway. It's not going to be easy, but I guess that it's going to get a really, really good recompensation with your effort. And my really good advice, my best advice for this thing is keep going Q-Banks every day of your life until you are able to pass all the steps. Yep, it's the I best tool, it's the best option. I agree with you. Back in my day, we didn't have too many Q-Banks. I think we had the Q-Bank books that were like this thick, <laughs> like 10, 10 inches thick. And we had what? I don't know. Just questions and answers from every single company that made a book. I think I, I devoured those, but yep, I agree with you. Just get used to answer questions and become a machine and you'll succeed. So guys, Dr. Ferias has spoken. Dr. Feria, not Ferias, Dr. Feria has spoken. <laughs> and uh, he answered what you need to know. So just let's do this and call to action. Please help him out. He's working really hard for himself and his family. He has three beautiful little girls and his wife. It's a family project. He's in El Paso, Texas. He's here to help you guys all. I know he's putting a lot of personal effort because I see him bombarding the internet. The message is getting out there and people are responding really well. And everybody wants to know about Dr. Feria and Doctor in USA. Gracias. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dr. Osorio, for your invitation. I am so glad to be here. And gracias a todos los colombianos. And we are here to support and we are here to help each other. Thank you, from, doctor. From two Colombians, love to all. And I hope that all my fellow friends across the world don't get offended that these two Colombians are just kind of talking about things that maybe be of importance for those uh, Spanish speakers, but also consider, you know, if you speak French or any other language, consider to use uh, Dr. Feria's strategies. It might work for you guys. Anyway, episode 45 comes to an end. Stay in touch. Dr. Feria is coming soon in Spanish for my Colombian friends. Thanks for listening. <laughs>